When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Has it been seven days already? My gosh, time flies. Hey, everybody. Hi, Don McDonald here talking real money. Q&A day. Fridays, Q&A days. That's when you send your cues in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Actually, you speak them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. You just use the contact form, and there's a button. You push it, and it records what you speak. And then I take those questions and listen to them, and then answer them as best I can on a Friday show, which, you know, they're podcasts, so they stick around forever. So uh, please do stop by. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Just click on the contact form and ask away just like this. Hello, Tom and Don. I listen to your podcast all the time. Very enjoyable show and informative also. I have a 16-year-old daughter and have a UTMA in her name to which I have contributed for the last three years. Now she has earned income. My question is, am I able to transfer the money from the UTMA to a Roth IRA in her name up to her earned income limit? Thank you. The rules for Uniform Transfer to Minors Act accounts and Uniform Gift to Minors accounts are very, very simple. The custodian, it's a gift at first. It's an irrevocable gift to a child. However, there is a custodian until that child reaches the age of majority. Until that happens, that custodian is required to use or manage the money in a way that is in the child's best interest. In other words, as a fiduciary. Is it in their best interest to have a Roth IRA for future tax-free growth? I cannot imagine anyone saying the answer is no. It is very good for the child. It is probably even better for the child than leaving the money in a UTMA investment that they might find it a little bit easier to spend once they become young adults. It does throw in a, a bit of a barrier, and, and plus there's a great story to be told and a lesson to be learned for the kids. So I think you, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but this is a no-brainer. Of course you can. You can do what you believe is in your child's best interests. And this, in my opinion, and I think any other thinking human being is in the kid's best interest. So go ahead and open that IRA up to their earned income, fund it up to their earned income. It's a great thing to do for a kid. It's so great. It is possibly one of the most powerful things we can do for our children. And wouldn't it have been nice when you were a kid if someone had even done a few hundred dollars for you? Would have been a life changer. One of my favorite parts of the Talking Real Money podcast, of course, is taking your questions. And uh, you can just send those in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form like this. Regarding attending virtually to the retire meet, if you are unable to attend after buying the virtual ticket, will there be a link that you can watch uh, later 
at your convenience or it's just going to be on the 24th. And if you miss it, you miss it. Thanks for all you do and all the help. Yes. The answer is yes. If you can't attend retirement, if you can't be there in person for the virtual version, then uh, you can just watch it later. It may take a little while before we get it edited up and online, but there will be a uh, an online version of it for you to watch. So you can watch it at your leisure later. But absolutely. And if you haven't gotten your virtual tickets for Retire Me 2024 yet, well, you've got very little time <laughs> go to retiremeet.com and get those tickets that's retiremeet.com and here ladies and gentlemen is the next question oh the podcast hey guys i've been looking at uh avge as uh, a single equity fund for my portfolio which you guys recommend this nearly every show that you have i have a couple of issues with it first is it's relatively new it has very little history, which makes it hard to compare against other similar kinds of investments. The second problem I have with it is it has, as an ETF, it has very low trading volume, which is a somewhat of a concern because that means that it might have some liquidity issues. It also probably has a higher bid-ask spread than other ETFs. So uh, it's, I've chosen instead to purchase SWEGX Schwab's all-market track index fund of funds and it contains market cap index funds it also contains fundamental index funds which basically are kind of like Schwab's version of value tilted funds has international has small cap has everything when i compare it to avge it compares almost identically for, for since avge's inception and over time it's done fairly well compared to other kinds of investments it has a slightly high expense ratio 0.51 which I lower in my portfolio by pairing it with BND. So the, the, the total investment cost for me is a lot lower. And was wondering what Thanks for the question. You got cut off. I did not cut you off. You got cut off somehow when you were recording. Uh, but I get the gist of the question. It's AVGE, basically, versus SWEGX, an ETF versus a mutual fund. The mutual fund, of course, is going to have more history. Mutual funds just generally have more history. But I don't worry about the history when it comes to index or rules-based portfolios. Because if they follow their rules, then they should perform within reason clo close to what you'd expect for value and small cap tilts in a portfolio. They're not, we're not measuring them as a high, highly qualified stock picker, which we don't believe there are, of which we don't believe there are any. So I, I, I'm not worried about the history at all. I'm not worried about the low volume at all because, well, this should be a long-term investment. The volume issue really doesn't mean a thing because even though you're selling it to somebody else, there's the, the, the important liquidity is the liquidity backing the ETF. So there's going to be a, a, a bid and an ask difference of some sort, but I haven't seen AVGEs really deviate much from other similar ETFs, they don't have high volume. Buy and hold type EDFs, ETFs don't have high. This is not a trading vehicle for most people. So you're not going to see a lot of volume. Uh, the Schwab Mutual Fund, though, the biggest sticking point with me 
is that expense ratio because that expense ratio is more than double the expense ratio of AVGE. And we're getting into the area where we're we're talking over a quarter of a point. That starts to be a substantial difference over time. So that bothers me. The um, small value tilt for AVGE is much greater, much greater, much more small, much more value oriented. So I like that. Uh, I'm not against the Schwab fund, but I am against 0.51 for a non-managed. Well, I don't want non-managed, but to me, that's just an expensive fund in general when I can get a lot of other great funds for a whole lot less money. So not a fan, not a fan, not against, but not a fan. Thanks so much for the question. And now we have two questions in one session because they both came from the same person. Hey, Don. While Bitcoin adoption is increasing throughout the world, you seem like you're stuck in your stance on Bitcoin. I mean, recently you've tried to use Jamie Dimon in support of your flawed stance on Bitcoin, saying that he thinks it's a pet rock. Well, you should know you can't listen to what they say. you got to watch what they do. Jamie Dimon went into a partnership with BlackRock on their Bitcoin ETF. J.P. Morgan is now an authorized participant for the BlackRock Spot Bitcoin ETF. I would love to hear you do an update on MicroStrategy's decision to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet. They've had a couple years since you've commented on it. I'd just like to hear your thoughts on how they've progressed. All right, thanks. Oh, crypto, 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 crypto. One of my favorite and yet least favorite topics. Favorite because I think it's so important that people actually speak the truth about this pet rock or tulip bulb. Uh, This is, again, not something that as yet makes any sense as a currency. So you can think my stance is flawed. That's your prerogative. But from my perspective, I firmly believe what I'm saying. And I don't believe as of right now, anyone has ever proven a a, a use for or a reason for crypto of any kind to exist short of giving someone a new way to gamble. That's really all it's become because think about it as a store of value in times of turmoil and turbulence. Well, your value is being stored on a computer that requires power to run and, well, computers to work and people to all have them. Everybody has to have them. Because if the computer system, the technology, the communication all breaks down in a tor- horrible financial and uh, and global conflagration, how are you going to spend your Bitcoin? I mean, at least gold is a rock. As for Jamie Dimon, come on. What is the most important thing in the world to Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase? What, what, what does he chase every day? the bottom line so he can believe that they're bad and still participate because well it's legal might as well make a profit i mean the only company out there with a spine in the financial services industry to my mind is vanguard they're also putting their money where their mouth is you you see jamie's just using his mouth to say he doesn't like bitcoin but then 
He's saying, I'm still going to make money off of it. And then that's the industry. That's the way Wall Street works. Now, as to your second question about micro strategy, well, come on. Is this all it is? It's it's a company that's Bitcoin. I mean, it's crypto. So they don't do anything. Basically, it's just another gamble. <sighs> I don't know why. The only reason I can imagine for the vehement defense of Bitcoin and the other 8,000 cryptocurrencies is because people are trying to protect their own financial position. And they truly fear that if the world figures out that Bitcoin serves no real useful purpose, that they're going to stop buying it, even if it is rare. Rarity doesn't make something valuable. Now, if it was good for something and rare, then it would be valuable. But please, instead of just telling me my stance is flawed, tell me, tell me what purpose Bitcoin actually serves in our day-to-day lives. Why do I need it? And, and don't tell me I need it because I can't trust the dollar. That is a spurious argument. That is, that is the weakest argument you, po- you could possibly give. Because the dollar is, according to the rest of the world and the markets, far, 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 far more valuable than Bitcoin. Far, to the tune of trillions of dollars more valuable. So that is a spurious argument. Give me an argument as to actual use now and going forward. Then I might listen, but nobody's got that. Nobody has made that argument. But thank you for calling the program. Sort of. And now to the final question of the day. Hey, Tom and Don, thanks for taking my call. Uh, My name is Brian and I have some money in a 401k from my previous employer, uh, $850,000. And I want to send that to my Vanguard account. Uh, I'm 60 years old. I'm trying to retire right now. Just wondering where the best place to put it. I heard you talk about the VT and the, uh, is it VTAB? The 60-40 mixture there. Or should I just put it in the target retirement account? Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Making any kind of specific suggestion even without knowing a whole lot about you is irresponsible, really, unless that suggestion is, yeah, target date fund. Because that's a relatively simple, safe bet. It's a portfolio that generally fits with your age and most people's inclination at that age, their risk profile. But it's very, very general in nature. We really have to, and this is the part that eludes a lot of folks, we really have to have a discussion about what purpose the money is meant to serve and when it is meant to serve that, plus how you react to fluctuations in the market. Now, this exists, this disconnection exists, because the, the, the traditional financial services industry is all about selling you what's hot. It, it's all Actually, it's all based on the cold call. If you want to tra- trace it back to its, its beginning, it really is the cold call. It's the broker calling 
up someone absolutely cold from the phone book and saying, "Hey there, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Ed from the brokerage firm down the road, and you know we've got something that my researchers and analysts are telling me has great potential right now. I mean, we're talking the potential to double over the next six months, and uh, uh, and I just wanted to let you know that there is a very limited quantity of these. I've only got a small allocation, so uh, can I can I put you down for a hundred shares? This is hot, you know." That's that's where this thinking comes from. But there is no right investment. There is no right investment for anyone until you get to know that person and what that person needs, wants, and fears. So if you want a simple answer, it's target date. If you want a longer answer, we need to talk. And if you guys want to talk, every Saturday, Tom and I get together on the radio so we can have a conversation. We can say, what's this money for? What do you need it to do? How much risk can you tolerate? We do that every Saturday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern on our radio show that airs in Seattle. But you can call from anywhere at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. So call us on Saturdays because we do like to actually have a conversation with you. It's so easy. 855-935-TALK, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. That's noon to 2 Pacific. Thank you for your great questions, your comments, your calls, your listening, your referrals, your suggestions. We appreciate it all. Thanks so much for being there. I'm Don McDonald, Talking Real Money. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. I think I need a nap.